Welcome to the catch up. It's our weekly safe place for food lovers to just talk about everything happening in the world of food. I'm Eli Aruth, one of the co-founders of Food Beast. Uh, co-host Jeff decided to give up his seat this week because we have two amazing guests. Bong bong. Two amazing <laughs> guests who I'll introduce after the jump. But one of them is our uh, Filipino managing editor, Reach, a.k.a. Cozy Bryant. Hi. The Hi. coziest of Bryants. The coziest <laughs> of Bryants. He wants to get some shit off his chest regarding the state of Filipino food. Yes, I do. In the great United States of America. It's, it's uh, some good things going on, mm-hmm. and I got some concerns. But overall, like it's just something that needs to be talked about, and I had some thoughts on it, and I thought I'd bring a friend over and help continue this discussion and continue a robust discussion. All so. right. So after the jump, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone that's been listening super hard to the catch up. Last week's episode was crazy. Our yeah. episode about the restaurant Sweet Dixie Kitchen that was serving Popeye's chicken. Uh, that's some crazy numbers. So please keep rating it on iTunes. And if you guys tweet at us at Food Beast, hashtag the catch up, let us know uh, what we want to talk about this week and um, let us know what you think. All right, Oscar, can you roll the intro music? All right, so uh, this week, Reach, who do we bring in? We are bringing in Nasty Nastasia Johnson (laughs) 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 of Let Me Eat Cake. Instagram. That's a hot Instagram, yo. It's a hot Instagram mm, name. She's a sweets enthusiast and co-founded the first Filipino food truck in LA, the Manila Machine. Yes. Dang. Mm-hmm. Back in the day. Back in the day. Long time ago. Back in the day. <laughs> actually, and yo, Nasty Nastasa, we, we, we met actually at, we didn't meet actually at an Aldi event. Okay. We had dinner together, but we never said a word. No. Yikes. We, we sat across. The table was huge. Y'all are so the awkward. <laughs> It's not awkward. This table's huge. We didn't know it. She pulled up a picture. Is right it like now. a banquet, like the Last Supper table? Okay. I mean, like longer. Yeah, longer. longer than that. Okay, longer than that. So then that'd be weird if you're yelling across the room. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, embarrassing. Okay, no. so we're now we're now here. We are here to discuss and get to know one another. Okay, so why why reach? You and I talked about this. Mm-hmm. You came probably like the day after there was a Filipino food festival in LA. Yes. Right. Yes. What's it called? Uh, Eat, play, move. Eat, play, move. I saw this on social media. I saw a bunch of shit. Um, you and Nasty apparently attended this together. Yes. Yeah. And In, you uh, did. You had some choice words about it. You didn't like it. Um, it's not so much I didn't like it. I didn't like the the. It was like dog. It was like a hundred degrees, <laughs> dying, <laughs> melting. Yeah, and it was out. You know, exposed to the elements and the heat. So on maybe pavement. that. Yeah, on pavement. So maybe that exasperated or exacerbated how I felt. But mostly, it's not so much I didn't like it. It's more that what I saw there had me and Nastasia concerned. Um, and Why so concerned? Because this spawned this whole podcast right now. Why yeah, yeah. so concerned? Well, it really just got us talking, which was awesome because it was billed as the first Filipino food festival. Mm-hmm. So as a first, you just have a lot of opportunities to really capture an audience. And that... You know, we went into it and really just it start it sparked discussion about what was going in the, on in the movement today. Yeah, I mean, when we walked in, the first booth that we saw, which was popping and it had a long line, was slanging, you know, um, Middle Eastern tacos. What? Where? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were good though. I, were I think I know the, the spot you're talking about, but I don't understand why they were at the festival to begin with. If it's a Filipino festival, so I mean, I had the same question. Um, but to their credit, you know. 
they were also ha- they sold a uh, uh, ube baklava. Okay. There too, but you know everybody was there for the tacos, and it just I was like, okay, well let me look, let me look around. So me and Anastasia were looking around, and we saw other vendors like. Stuff um, that w- Thai Mexican tacos. Thai also. Mexican tacos. Yeah. This is so confusing. So I, I get kind of what you're saying. So the point was, this is billed as the first kind of major Filipino food festival. Yeah. It's been a huge past couple of years for Filipino food kind of making it onto the scene. Mm-hmm. It's been there for a while, but people are starting to talk about it. Yeah, it's been like a really slow build. Yeah. Slow burn from like the five, from five years ago where Andrew Zerman first predicted that it'll be the next big, you know, food thing. I hate saying trend because it's... You know, trivializes the cuisine entirely. Exactly. But next big food thing he predicted five years ago. So it's been a slow burn, but it's really been making noise uh, the past two, three years now, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. Correct. So the worry is if this festival isn't right, it puts it down a path that doesn't make sense for Filipino food, kind of confuses it. Why? I'm still trying to grasp. Or it like misses an opportunity to really highlight like the culture and the cuisine, like specific parts of the cuisine, specific dishes. I mean, it's awesome to like include everybody, of course, and there was some tasty food, but um, it would have been cool to see even more Filipino vendors, Filipino chefs, Filipino food. Yeah. Um, I mean, besides the type tacos and whatever, like there was other stuff like adobo paella and, you know, I get it. Like it's innovative and it's like fusion, but if we... We're really putting a lot of fusion as our best foot forward in what's billed as the first Filipino foodie festival. Mm-hmm. Like, I just had some questions where, okay, is this a road we're going to continue to go down? And is this something that people who are new to the Filipino uh, flavors are just going to associate with? Or like, are, from the bat, are we going to get general soda or orange chicken? You know what I mean? If you could fix something at that festival, what's one thing you guys would fix? I don't know. I feel like one thing that I think is really important with the Filipino food movement and something I definitely tried to do was just build awareness. I feel like Filipino food has been around. And if you ask most people, do you know what Filipino food is? They've had some vague experience with it from like, you know, a nurse bringing pancit to or lumpia to a gathering or like that's what everybody most people I've asked are like, like oh yeah I've had lumpia. Said a nurse. <laughs> but you know, like because I feel like everybody knows a Filipino nurse. Of I know like I don't know hundred. So <laughs> and like everybody else does by association or like an at an office gathering. Like I feel like the Filipino is like first to bring food, bring a big dish, and it's big everybody knows lumpia. Yeah, lumpia. that was my first experience Filipino food in high school. Like a majority of my friends were Filipino. But they never took me to restaurants. It was always like, yo, at their birthday party mm-hmm. at their house. And they always put you on to lumpia. I feel mm-hmm. like that's like the safe. The gateway. <laughs> yeah, the gateway. Like, hey, it's, it's egg roll, bro. Skinny. <laughs> skinny egg roll. Yeah. You, you'll understand this. Hit that. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, I mean, here's actually, I want to play devil's advocate to my initial concern of the food being uh, fusion to death or whatever or hybrid. Because another thing take is Filipino food is the original fusion food. Right. What? It's a fusion culture. It's a fusion you're culture. Saying, you're saying Filipino food is the... Okay, so what? Because, because of the occupation out in, in the Philippines or what? Yeah, mostly occupation since the 16th century. There's elements of Chinese, Spanish, Malaysian, Thai, just to name a few that influenced um, Filipino cuisine. I mean, it's a lot of hybrids. You got shopao, which is basically a Chinese uh, meat bun, uh, leche flan, which is Spanish flan, mm. um, kare kare, means curry 
in some form, and it's a derivative of Indian cuisine. So, um, you know, a lot of a lot of cultures have just fusion in itself into what makes Filipino food it is today. So that's my devil's advocate point to what I initially brought up. I feel so so the devil's advocate rings stronger to me because yeah. then it's like, cool, did that festival hit it right on the nose, being so fusion based? And again, I, we didn't we didn't say anything that we could have fixed. Like, uh, Nasasa, you did mention, like, you wish there were more cultural elements. Like, Yeah, I mean, I, th- I don't know that, like, it has to be, like, 100% fixed, per se, but I think it's really interesting that it sparked such, like, a deep yeah. conversation between us just by going to it. But, yeah, I do think that, you know, just educating people about, like, who are Filipino people? What do they eat? Why do they eat it? Where does it come from? I feel like that, you know, like, we also talked about how what people know is lumpia, but then they also know that kind of fear factor food. Oh. See, that, yeah. Like, balut. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's a problem, and I think Food Beast, like, we we had a problem with it, too, because we did a live stream a couple years ago in the back of the ki- one of the local kitchens, which is now Irenia, huh. subsequently. Uh, and one of our uh, friends, shout out to Guzzi, she's Filipino, mm-hmm. she... Uh, He's like, yo, you guys want to try some balut? And like, I didn't, because I know what it is. I just didn't want to. And Jeff uh, tried it live. But the whole perspective and how we showed it was like a fear factor. The fact that we were doing a live stream, that we spawned the live stream up to show how quote unquote cringe inducing it is to watch this person eat what balut is uh, embryo, right? It's it's a, a... it's partially based, fertilized yeah. egg, or, or it's uh, it's like the it's a partially formed duck embryo. So there's like a beak that mm. you probably crunch Some on. Feathers. Like yeah, it's not fully formed. Right. But yeah, there's a little a late term embryo. <laughs> yeah. Late term. Yeah. <laughs> Your yeah. third trimester embryo. Yeah. yeah you're gonna be <laughs> you know basically chomping on a duck looking back at you. And so do you? I mean, do you guys like balut? I have uh, never tried it. What? Same. I don't really what? know. I just I'm, I'm not. But again, it's because it's it is that fear factor thing, like which a lot of like people think about the cuisine. I mean, yeah. I don't know about you, but like get, growing up, like you know, sometimes people make jokes to me about like, oh, what do you guys eat, dog? I'm yeah. like, oh man, I t- yeah. I took a yeah. Filipino food quiz before this, uh-huh. and they were like, uh, what food is the main thing in the Philippines? And there are four options. Okay, this is the order they were in. It was dog, oh, cat, fish, and chicken. <laughs> Yeah, that's like a common joke. What a right? so like, ass quiz. I just, learned, I just learned a lot. I'm glad I took the quiz because I started learning more about the Philippines in general. Like, there's yeah. so many islands. Um, so, after I learned about the islands, I was like, ah, I'm going to guess fish. Like, I'm not going to go dog and cat dumb. Like, yeah. it's okay, I guess, to eat a dog or a cat. I still kind of co sign that because it's like, it's an animal. That, I mean, we eat yeah. cow. Spicy take. Yeah, so I, spicy I'm with take. it. Like, eat it. I just like, I'm not going to eat dog or cat because, like, the way I grew up, they were domesticated. So right. I can't shake that. But if they weren't domesticated and that is the protein that was available to you, like, in my opinion, go for it. Yeah, man. Yeah, but, but the way I heard it was like a derogatory joke. Yeah, yeah. And that's usually how it's positioned. And the fact that it was in this. In this quiz online, which I don't know, it was BuzzFeed or it was somewhere. It wasn't BuzzFeed. It was somewhere. And those were the options. And then the next one was like, what is Baloo? And the options were duck egg, baby dog baby fetus. Baby dog? Baby dog fetus. Puppy? Baby cat fetus or a city in the Philippines. Wow. Like, 
Come on. See, they're tribalizing and animalizing like Filipino people and culture, I feel. This is quite a dated quiz because it still preys upon (laughs) the whole fear factor stigma of Filipino food. I mean, like, I I feel like some people also, like, if you're not familiar with the Philippines or even where it is, like, I think you probably think of, like, kind of, like, tribal headhunting culture, you know? Like, there are these, like, ideas of it that are fear-inducing. We did invent the yo-yo to hunt. Wait, what? You, mm. you guys hunt with a yo-yo? Yeah, we Filipinos invented the yo-yo to hunt. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You are kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> what the hell? Okay, but there are like farm and rural parts mm-hmm. within, mm-hmm. It, like in the, the islands of the Philippines. Like, because I've heard like I have family or yeah. family friends that they tell me about the old days back in the Philippines. Yeah. And they'd be like, yeah, man, we would like catch crickets out in the farm. We're like, we'll catch frog and like do all that. But I guess that shouldn't be in the forefront of what the cuisine is, no. like the way that we don't talk about like our hicks, like catching whatever frog, like frog leg isn't what you immediately think of when you think of like American cuisine. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, other Asian cultures also in some areas do have dog and cat on the menu, but that's, you don't think of that when you think of like their cuisine. Right. Yeah. That's not the first thing on no. there. Yeah. It's not the outlier. It's not the norm. Like it happens. But it's not the norm. You shouldn't you shouldn't have that as the standard bearer of one cuisine. All right, catch this. You're talking to someone who hasn't had Filipino food at all. Maybe they couldn't pick a Filipino person out of a lineup. Yeah. What are the three foods you introduce them to first? Oh, okay. Nasty? Nasty? You go I first. I mean, I feel like chicken adobo is a good staple, and that is like lumpia, it's a good gateway because it is very familiar flavors. It's rice, it's chicken, it's a sauce that isn't so strange that it would hinder you from trying it, and and it's delicious. So I feel like if that's the first thing you had, you'd love it, and you would feel excited to try more. That's a good gateway. What yeah. are the two and three? What rounds out that list? Um, I, my pick would probably be lechon kawale. Mm-hmm. Um, lechon kawali is basically deep fried pork belly. Okay. So it's like kind of everybody loves bacon, so why not have it in a steroid induced form of fatty pork belly, yeah, crunchy, so good. uh, soft goodness on the inside, and you dip that in the monk damas, and everything's beautiful. Oh my gosh. All right. So that's third. Now, what's our, what's our third now? I think I'm going to go with like any type of silog. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. So, what is that? What is that? So silog is like a, a breakfast meal in, uh, in fi- for the Philippines, and it comes in different iterations, whether it be longanisa, which is a sausage, mm-hmm. or uh, tapa, or... Um, I think tapa is such a good one, yeah. too. Yeah, what is or tapa? tocino. So tapa is oh, cured tocino, beef. Yeah, yeah. Cured beef, okay. Yeah, and then tocino is a sweet cured chicken or pork. Ooh, okay, so those are good gateways. Good so gateways. how do you guys feel about... Jollibee. Ooh. I need to <laughs> I need to mainline that gravy into my veins. Yo, I like I'm, I love Jollibee, but again, like I love fast food and I'm just curious what you guys think if Jollibee was on every corner here in America, like it's growing. Yeah. It's a bit it's a big growing fast food chain. Is that good or bad? I I I think it I, I don't see how it could be bad. I yeah. do think, though, it's really it, it would hopefully spark some interesting conversation about Filipino food, especially if you get spaghetti with some hot dogs in it and you're wondering why are there hot dogs. <laughs> but I think that's so interesting because, you know, I grew up eating like Vienna sausages all the time. Yeah. And that is really a part of Filipino culture, too, because mm-hmm. of... 
you know, just the 50s and American, like, canned meats and, like, our love for those being kind of a a military base, right? Yeah, it's derivative of, you know, World War II where, you know, our older grandparents who participated in it or were a part of the military, Mm -hmm. you know, they were exposed to spam and other canned meats. Right. All the good stuff, spam, chiffon cake. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that too. Boodle fights. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Is that uh, like the, the the lunch that we had? Yeah, the giant Kamayan style oh. feast, the boodle fight. So that was introduced like, you know, where our army servicemen would just have one big meal and it's served in that style. That's beautiful. Walk us through that style for people who haven't had that. What's so, the Kamayan feast feel so like? So imagine a, like a large banquet table and in the middle you got it lined with banana leaves and it's just piled high with rice, fish, lumpia, chicken, like all these type of different Filipino foods, and you eat with your hands. There are no utensils, baby. This no was utensils. so much fun to, to eat. Yeah, so uh, what did you like about it? I loved, like, what's weird is I was about to say, like, I love the primal aspect of it. Like, yeah. there's in a lot of cultures, you eat with your friends and your family, so that was the step one. Like, I love that part. I loved eating with my hands because it took me a couple minutes to realize, like, you start looking at your hands like, are these dirty? Like, <laughs> shit, like, there's no forks, really? And then really being one with the food for a little bit. Like, I never ate rice with my hands ever because, mm-hmm. like, in your head, like, it's going to fall through your hands. Yeah, yeah. But it's different. It's sticky rice. It's so rice. much easier. Yeah, it's so much easier. So you make a – it's fun. Like, you make a little pocket of rice in your hands. And then you top it with whatever, like if you're going to do the sausage or you're going to do shrimp, like peel on head on shrimp and just you fold it up, put a little sauce and just like shovel the rice into your mouth. It's a little technique. You got to tuck it with a, with a, with a thumb. You got to. Oh, oh, and the, the thumb shoves it into your mouth. Exactly. I loved it. And so I was like really one with the rice, with the meats and then looking around and everyone's doing the same thing. I can only imagine that with your family and what like. You're so close there. It's a very communal aspect. Yeah. So I, I loved it. I loved it. Um, and I mean, that just shows how versatile Filipino food can be in the iterations that could come. The Philippines, Filipino cuisine can, very be, can be very nuanced because, you know, there's 18 different regions on mm-hmm. the island. So um, whatever up no- cuisine up north can be very different from what's in central or south because of the ingredients available and the area and, you know, just little factors like that. Well, I can't terroir. imagine. Ma? Terroir. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, you know, everybody talks about like farm to table or oh. like European cuisine and it always goes back to this idea of terroir, like what comes from the land, what influences a food. But, you know, it that that idea translates to Filipino food, but you never consider, like Filipino food I feel like is lumped up as one thing, but it is terroir based. It depends on the region, what the region's known for, what the climate is, what the soils are like. And it's just like a a better way to understand the diversity of Filipino food. That's a new wrinkle in my brain. I've never heard (laughs) of that term. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to use that now. Terroir. I'm so so smart. (laughs) Now that I say it with glasses on. Dude, my mind was blown when I found out there was like a northern and southern regions of Thai. And it really drastically changes the flavors in Thai food. Like you get here, like you would assimilate, you would try Pad Thai. And you're like, Thai. But then once you try like the northern Thai food and like... I was initially using terms like dirty and like, but in the best possible way, like earthy, from the earthy, yeah. very earthy. And I loved it. And then to kind of witness Filipino food and that's like a landmass when you're talking about Thailand, but then you talk about uh, like the Philippines and like 
a bunch of segregation by water. Like thousands of islands. You know, like that's where you really isolate yourself to the point where like you really come into your own each as these like little individual islands. So like yeah. that makes me like there's so much depth now to Filipino food that I can't wait to explore because of all these little islands. And so, damn, they sh- did they have a, Fili- a map of the Philippines at this festival? Because that would have been sick and like... That would have been great. Oh, that would have been cool. That would have been tight. Just little things like that because you never really like... If you hear about... If you go to a Greek festival, like if you don't have a map of Greece up and kind of like maybe show where certain things come from or how different regions do it slightly differently, you're potentially doing a disservice if you exactly. are... If you're a foundation. I, I don't know who threw the festival. I don't... Hopefully, I don't know if it matters or not, but like they're doing a disservice to the community if they don't like talk a bit more about it. Well, hopefully that's like where this movement is going to now transform. You know, I feel like we've already spent many years hitting the baseline of what generally Filipino food is. It's been fused with other things it's been a burrito. So now hopefully it's going to change to the next step of its movement and really start focusing on regionality. I feel like you've seen that in Italian food, you know? Yeah, Italian, that's what I was say too. Yeah. Italians really focus on what comes from Bologna versus what comes from Sicily versus what comes from Venice. But I feel like it took us a while to get to that place of understanding regionally specific things. So maybe that would be an exciting step for Filipinos yeah. to take. And to, to build upon that point, just a perfect example of that is um, I took a trip to Italy and they had a, a certain feast or banquet and included all the regions that are unique to Italy. And I was talking to uh, someone there and he's like, this, is, this will never happen for a regular Italian here because it's where for someone to have all different kinds of regions of Italian food at once. Mm. So with something that's nuanced as central Italian cuisine or northern Italian cuisine, like I'm sure that parallel can be drawn with Filipino cuisine as well because the the cuisine is also that nuanced. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's I think it's crazy. How do you how do you guys feel about someone like Alvin Kailan from uh Eggslet? Doing great My things. My boy. He I mean cuz he, to me, and my generation became like the loudest Filipino chef voice, and surprising, like it started with egg slit. Yeah. But uh, which is like just a bomb ass, good breakfast sandwich, like perfectly cooked egg, mm-hmm. beautiful bread, line out the door. I think it started as a truck mm-hmm. too. Yeah, it did. Um. Do do you, how how do you guys like? He, he's our your boy, our boy. He's friend and fam of Food Beast too. Um, it's like him and then what's dude from Second City called? Jordan and Dino? Yeah. Very, like, boy band version of, of Alvin. <laughs> like, right? Like, he's a chef out in New York. I, I love his personality. Very bubbly. Yeah. Um, like, night and day, though. Alvin is, like, the grimy dude. Like, wouldn't surprise you if he's, like, smoking weed <laughs> right before he cooks. And then, like, but both of them are entrepreneurs in their own right. Um... How do you guys feel about both of them? Which one? What do they provide individually to the movement? I mean, just it's just a highlight of two different styles of people, just as much as Filipino cuisine can be two different styles itself. Mm. Um, uh, Second City, I haven't I haven't been there. Have you? I haven't been there. I haven't been there either. But you know, Alvin 
I can speak personally just through my experience of his restaurants, whether it be through Unit 120, Egg Slut, and the stuff that he presented through Amboy. Um, he's done great things to present Filipino forward flavors. Definitely. I think Amboy's tight. Like, just the, I, the name. I haven't been to Amboy, but just as I learned... What- <laughs> Reach is smirking like you don't love Amboy. What are you doing? No, I mean I I love Amboy. It's it's great. I mean, just to be able to be served a plate of Filipino food on a banana leaf, like that's pretty cool. Like yeah. it's very authentic and it gives that feel. But then again, like you know, authentic's a very touchy word. What is authentic? It's a very objective word. Well, I think we already said that you know Filipino food is the OG fusion. So it's it's hard to even like start picking apart like what is the real, what yeah. is the pure. I think what's cool about Alvin, though, going back to him, is that, you know, he did start with Egg Slut, which obviously isn't Filipino-focused, but I think that was an amazing platform because he got such notoriety from it, and he was Filipino, so it was another reason for people to say, like, oh, he's a Filipino chef, like, what does that mean, and start really thinking about Filipino generally in that form. Yeah. What's cool about, like, all these that uh, you mentioned, Jordan, you mentioned Alvin, is a lot of these newer um, Filipino restaurants that are being recognized by Jay Gold or by LA Times or by Vogue magazine, there are a lot of these chefs uh, came up just right now at the same time because they grew up in going to culinary school and they got to a level where they're now their executive chef. So what are they going to open? You know, they want to stay true or, you know, basically rep their roots. So let's go open some Filipino food. But using the techniques um, and teaching that they grew up, you know, under French kitchens or other um, culinary techniques, you know, coming up in, in the restaurant game. There's so much swagger in the Filipino culture that it's stupid. Uh- like, and so like, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. There's uh, obviously there's always a level of corny too when you like walk that line. But like, oh, yeah. all my friends, like I thought to be Filipino in high school, the priorities were you had to be a dancer. Like pop, you had to pop lock, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> you had to wear streetwear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and but you generally like the best people I've ever met. But so like, what do you? Ah uh, shucks. Ah <laughs> uh, shucks. Um. So, like, assimilating culture, like, they were doing that pretty well. Like, I expected at this festival, you would tell me, like, yo, there's, like, dance crews. And, like, <laughs> That'd be the cool. will be there. I mean, there are, you you really do get that at a lot of, you know, there's Filipino food fest or not food focus, but there's Filipino festivals that happen yearly and have been for, like, 20 plus years. Like, there's one in San Pedro every year, and you do see that. You do see, like, all the dancers all the b-boys like <laughs> <laughs> well because they're the next wave it's like people from that cut and culture like alvin has like a sh- street street wear like background so like the way he's presenting his new brands like down to like amboy's like logo and brand it's this like pennant like flag that says amboy like the way that uh it started as a pop like it started as a pop-up and how he uh, through he has like a whole pop up area that he kind of right. embodies and brings up other startups. It's like a very new age way of doing it, and I think that is going to be pretty indicative of how we enjoy Filipino food, at least in LA. But it's also cool that like he has that like Filipino street vibe, but then he has that training that gets him in front of different eyes too. Like he was at this year's LA Food and Wine, but he was serving like a whole lechon. Yeah. And like homemade pandasal. And it really got some of those people who maybe haven't had Filipino food, especially in that form, like wondering, like, what is this whole 
beautiful pig he's chopping up. Like, what are we eating? And I was eating next to a table of people, and they had they didn't even know what it was. So then that sparked like a whole new conversation. So it's cool to like have that like cultural love, heritage, street vibe, but then also be able to elevate it. Yeah, and I mean, just building upon that, and since we're kind of in this same uh, part of the discussion, I just instead of you know, focusing on some concerns. I also want to give shout outs to a lot of the players in this movement who are doing a lot of dope stuff. Yeah, talk to me about some places that are dope right now. Um, so many. Yo, uh, Lhasa, which was uh, used to be a pop-up, but Alvin provided a space through Unit 120 and Chad and Chase Valencia ended up making that a brick and mortar. And what they're doing is they're really honed in on true Filipino flavors that are very familiar to a Filipino palate, but... The way they present it through um, just uh, dope cooking styles that they've learned coming up uh, is a way to elevate the Filipino food without deviating. Right. And they're doing that right. Uh, Ryan Garlitos next door of I- at Irenia. We oh, went last night. Oh, my God. <laughs> Walk go. me through this. Uh, okay. It was a French. It was like, remind me of like a French omelet, but it was so perfectly within it. It had a pureed eggplant. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like <laughs> that was the best dish I had last night. We were, we ate through we ate through the menu pretty pretty tough. Yeah, that's that dish is called uh, tortang talong, and the traditional way of tortang talong. It, you you had an interesting way of saying it, so of interpreting it. Basically, it's like a how would you, French toast version of a, a eggplant. Well, because <laughs> you were Reach was explaining to me what the tri- the dish traditionally looks yeah. like because traditionally it's a grilled eggplant, then like it's washed in an egg bath yeah. or something like that. Grilled or roasted eggplant smashed, washed in the egg bath and becomes an omelet that's stuck right on the, basically the eggplant So it was like a French toasted eggplant with, as I was trying to (laughs) understand what he was saying, that's like all the vision I had. But um, the way Chef Arenia did it, he like, Instead, he put the eggplant inside. He pureed it. He pureed it and it reminded, it had very vague flavors of like a baba ganoush from like Middle Eastern food, mm-hmm. and but honestly, better. Like I like smokiness. It was, it was it. smoky, but they didn't have any of the um, like tarna flavors of like a baba ganoush yeah, and yeah. the tahini in there. Like so, you. it didn't have that, which is pretty pungent. Mm-hmm. And it was nice. He had like a perfectly cooked omelet around it. I don't know how he got the puree uh, to stay there and not do anything funky. Know. I loved it, man. But it just goes to show you, like, the techniques that these new Filipino chefs are incorporating. Ryan Garlitos was, what, at Taco Maria? Yeah. So that's another uh, restaurant that's forward-thinking and elevating a lot of techniques and uh, flavors. But he translated that into, you know, this tortang and whatever we had last night, which is oh very God. bomb. So shout-out to Ryan Garlitos, Chad, and Chase Valencia. So shout-out to the best dessert I ever had, though. Ooh. Tell me. Oh my God! It was a <laughs> like a ube brown sugar pie. Ooh. They were calling it. Was it called a crack pie? Crack. It's uh, for those that are familiar with a milk bar in New York. Mm-hmm. Their crack pie is you know super bomb, but this had ube in it. Oh so it's God. like a chess pie. Like yeah. it would be a derivative of a chess there pie. There you go. Southern chess pie with ube. Yeah, so Come, comes with all the dessert questions, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. I'm just thinking about it. Oh my god, food boner. Okay, yeah. okay. So, Cosine, Irenia. Yeah, yeah. Really uh, dope place. Another one, Rice Bar, Charles Olalia. You know, he was a chef that was classically trained with Guy Savoy and Thomas Keller, but he, you know, opened up a spot in downtown LA, very small spot that serves up Filipino rice bowls in a casual setting. 
it's very accessible. It lines out the door because people, you know, are gravitating towards these really dope flavors in a in a not so strange form. Mm. Something that's familiar not, rice bowl. Yes, exactly. Um, do you have any other spots that? Uh, that so you I went to add? Sorry Sorry in okay. Grand Central Market yesterday, and I have to say, I mean, Marge Mansky, um, chef of pastry chef of Republique with her husband, Walter Mansky. They also have a bunch of spots in the Philippines, actually, mm. a bunch of restaurants. Um, she's an amazing pastry chef, and the buko pie, Jay Gold, has been raving about it, so I got my hands on one, and it it's legit. Like, stringy, chewy slices of buko straight out of that, like, jelloey jar, and oh. it was creamy, and it was perfect, and she nice. also does, like, versions of sea logs. And then my favorite, Christine Delacruz, I mean, I sold her creme caramels on my food truck back in the day, and she's still going at it and has some of the best, essentially it's her aunt's leche flan that I've ever had. Her ube is, of course, my favorite, but she's got like OG flavor. She's got buco pandan. She's doing some amazing, and her new spot in Silver Lake, Frankie Lucy, has like eight oh. different ube desserts. You did a video <laughs> on Frankie Lucy. Yeah. That place was bomb. Yeah. So many. And her yeah. ube horchata, that that to me is like yeah. L.A. in a cup. <laughs> ube horchata? You know? How L.A. is that? Yeah. That is so L.A. It's perfect. It's just, it's the L.A. drink. Oh, and we it's tried that with beautiful. MFK, right? They brought that by when we yeah. did. Uh, yeah. Oh. Shout out to Henry Pineda of MFK, too. So they're the dudes that did the Kamayan feast for us. Mm-hmm. They're in Anaheim, yeah? Yes. People want to go check that Anaheim. out. I tried this place called "quote unquote" Oriental Mart. Ooh, the Pike, Pike controversial place name. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but it's like a it's so. Have you had it? No, I it, mean I gotta say my mom still calls like Filipinos and just Asians in general Oriental. So I think that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I don't know why she does, but she does. <laughs> all all my uh, Filipino women friend of of certain age. Yeah. Throw them out Oriental, super yeah. heavy. <laughs> they get so the pass. They call their thing Oriental Mart, and it's like a hot plate kind of, uh, or a heat lamp kind of Filipino food joint. And I mean, I ate like a king for eight bucks, and I'm throwing, you know, I'm throwing around two, three dollar tips for these people. <laughs> like, I'm wilding out <laughs> in the middle of the Pike Place market, and, uh, this gal Layla and her sister run it and like everyone at the Pike Place Market knows them like that's the hidden gem in there that's been around for like 30 years so that place is fire if you're ever in Seattle try that out I will take note I love Mm. Seattle it's a great town so I, th- I think there's a lot of people like all over the country. Like it's a really sure. good time, and I hope it keeps continuing in this like really positive trajectory, and more and more people really start knowing what Filipino food is and who Filipino people are. Yeah, I mean, last year, past two years were basically the coming out party for Filipino food. Mm-hmm. Um, L.A. being the most concentrated population of Filipinos in the U.S. is kind of leading that movement, and it's a delicate movement, and that's why. Me and Nastasia had those initial concerns when we attended that that festival, but you know it's a great thing that's happening right now. A lot of dope people are, you know, putting their best foot forward on representing the cuisine. So, um, it like Nastasia said, it's at an upwards tra- trajectory. And I feel like so many people are aware now. I mean, just thinking back, I had my food truck seven years ago with my partner Marvin, and I remember when we put pork adobo on it was pork belly i mean people are like wait what is that and now it's like that's just part of what people eat it's not a weird thing you understand it's the same as bacon 
but better. Yeah. And it's not so strange. So it's awesome to see like people get moving in that direction. Like when I put ube on a cupcake, people liked it because it was purple more so than because it was Flavor. ube. Yeah. And now it's not a weird thing. Do you, so yeah, I was going to ask like the challenges of opening a Filipino food truck seven years ago versus like, like <laughs> versus could, now, versus, versus now. now, like obviously you don't yeah. have the truck anymore. You're doing awesome, amazing things that aren't food truck yeah. related, but, and you probably learned a great deal, oh which my God, propelled so you, much. <laughs> but like what, what did you learn from that? Both Filipino food wise, food truck and entrepreneurial wise, like what did you learn that you can attribute now? Well, I have to say, you know, like. I, that was an amazing time in my life, and I'm so glad I did it. But what really sparked that was um, my partner in the truck, Marvin Gapultos. He had an amazing blog, and his blog inspired me to really seek out my heritage because I'm a second-generation Filipino. I'm also only half Filipino. So it was more of like a journey for myself to really get to know Filipino food. So it was awesome to learn different parts of the cuisine, learn how to make it, and then what really made like got us in, interested in doing the truck was just wanting to spark a general awareness because like you mentioned earlier, most people back then didn't know, there wasn't a Filipino restaurant you went to. You went to somebody's house or it was at a party. Or Max's. <laughs> or Max's of Manila, yeah. yeah. So it was a great, that was what drove us, our passion to just bring awareness. And it was awesome. It was a real challenge. You know, people really didn't know. And you were also really early in the like food really, truck movement. Yeah. So like you're doing two crazy things at once. Well, first Filipino food truck, first food truck run by bloggers in the beginning Ooh. of the food truck craze. Yeah. So it was hard. You I, had a lot of things going against you. Yeah, like, it was. Food, I feel like the food <laughs> blogger thing helps. Yes, like, because definitely you're helpful. so aware. You know what you would want to go to. Right, that like story that. would pop off so hard right now. Right now, <laughs> right. So like, part of me is like, oh man, if only I had done that now. Yeah. It, how how great would that have been? But also, if I hadn't have done that then, if people because we were food bloggers, you know, the food community really rallied around us and supported us and wrote those stories. Jay Gold tried our truck like if those things didn't happen like where would we be today like I feel like it was a great start to beginning a conversation that now is flourishing yeah so thriving, thriving yeah. yeah so yeah it was hard <laughs> was it hard like letting it go because like oh it still pains me yeah, man like, <laughs> and like getting, I get choked up thinking about it because like especially seeing things now like Oh, shoulda, woulda, coulda, you know? Yeah. Like you see people do it and you're like, ah, I could do it way better than that. I mean, or like I learned. Why are you doing yeah, that Yeah, like right now? when I see a Pondesal slider right now, I'm like, God, I remember doing that back then, you know? Like, too early, like before it's time. Right. But if you hadn't done it, there wouldn't be the trucks that are there now. Who knows? Like it's so hard to say. Who knows? So I'm, I'm just, it was a great experience. Learned so much. Brought me to where I am today. And I'm just excited that, you know, nothing like died when my truck closed like everything kept going like people are still talking and it's the best time in filipino food that it's ever been would you ever open a truck again no way. no <laughs> no way man i think hell to the no <laughs> why uh it's just it's not a good time for that anymore like i think Using the truck as a vehicle to build awareness literal vehicle. was a literal vehicle. <laughs> that, well, we did. Like, we used to tell people, like, we are, like, bringing Filipino food to the masses on wheels. Like, that was the point. Like, we actually, you guys should look it up after this. We had some amazing super fans who made, like, a music video and a song for us. What? And it shows, like, was it us. a eulogy? 
Oh. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, it's a eulogy now. But um, oh, they did it while the truck. Was while the born, truck like, was yeah. running. But why wouldn't I open one now? Like that was a great time for trucks. It was new. It was hyped. There's so many more regulations. There's so many more trucks. It's kind of like Instagram. Like it's saturated. The market saturated. The general interest is not the same. Mm-hmm. And there's just like less places for you to park. I feel like if I were to do it now, I would just open, just go straight to brick and mortar. Mm. But I was 25. That was like the, a great way to enter yeah. the market, low entry point. Um, but I would definitely do a restaurant now if I was going to do it again. Damn, is that inkling though? You can open a restaurant? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. May, no, just kidding. That's crazy though. Yeah. I didn't realize how, how many, because I read a, an early interview with you guys you guys were like a month into the truck yeah. and someone was asking you like, well, like you're seeing some early success, but you, you also mentioned you're really honest there. You're like, it's scary. Like yeah, there's a hard. lot of things going against us right now. Cause you guys didn't take the two food bloggers route and like, this is why we're going to do awesome. You were like, we're two food bloggers. So we haven't run a restaurant, run a truck, cooked or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but your partner, he was writing recipes on the blog yeah. too. So like he had like that background. Yeah. And I was, I, I've worked in the restaurant industry. So I was working at Jones on third at the time. Mm. So I had like the operational background. So like those two things kind of helped us along, but it's a hard thing. I mean, I didn't eat. I, I was telling Reach, like I actually met Chase Valencia when I used to go to Forage and he was working there and I that was my one meal a day because <laughs> like, I just didn't have time. <laughs> that was my one meal at five o'clock. That was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, life of a business owner. Yeah. <laughs> life of a startup. There you go. Well, how do you feel now? How do you feel now that we, we propped up the question in the beginning? You didn't feel right about this festival. We um, talked it through. I mean, it's look, look. I'm not trying to talk bad about the whole festival thing. I think it's great that it happened, but now a dis, uh, talking point and discussion point was made out of it. So hopefully, this will propel it better. Like whoever hears it, or maybe the the festival curator, maybe they'll hear it and they'll be like, all right, yeah, maybe I see some of their points. I see some of the stuff that they're talking about, and they could probably better curate it or just put the festival in a better position to keep the movement forward and I wanted to get to a point and like Nastasia said earlier we're at a great point in this movement but I wanted to get to a point where it's not a movement anymore it's just the norm yeah like just like your corner pho restaurant or your corner right. Thai restaurant can be there there'll be a corner Filipino restaurant I feel cringy every time I say movement and tie it to any sort of right? like ethnic cuisine I feel cringy doing it I feel cringy doing it because it does trivialize like the places that are doing it, have been doing it, everyone involved with it. Because it, when you say movement, it makes it feel like it's going to pass also. Exactly. Like it's going to hit a peak and then pass. Like we don't call Chinese food a movement, but it's also like kind of been around. Right. I think that's the difference with Filipino food is like it's been around in your tita's home, yeah. but it hasn't been around on the street corner. So now you're seeing it more. So yeah, hopefully it's not a movement, but it's a Filipino awareness Mm. and it's a Filipino education and people are learning and then it will become the norm. And a lot of the people that we mentioned earlier are just doing it right so that the conversation of Filipino food becomes something that's regular. And LA is really pushing forward and you know, New York, DC, Chicago, Seattle, a lot of the Filipino hubs, Houston, they're a lot more um, becoming a part of just one whole conversation of Filipino food just there. 
Yeah. You know? We do have a lot of good access points across the country. Like yeah. you go to New York, you got Jeepney, you got a lot of really dope places that you have great access points. And I mean, everyone you guys listed feels like if you go in and try their food, it's a great first shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but props to LA for really like driving at home. There you go. Going hard, dog. Shout out to LA. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love my hometown. Well, I mean, one, one question I want to ask you, like, as an outsider. Um, yeah, outsider, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> no, let me, someone on the outside looking in on yeah, this yeah. As, as Filipino food um, and the flavors that you've tasted and been introduced to, is that something that you could see being the norm? Do I see the flavors being a norm? Yeah. I, I feel like the flavors aren't, I, I feel like the flavors aren't actually so abrasive to the palate that I would like call exactly. like like, chi- like chicken adobo perfect example like uh, last night what that was chicken what is it what was not it wasn't chicken adobo chicken in a salad that was fantastic roasted holy chicken holy cow that dish was so good it was yes. like these pan roasted chicken thighs had to be like jidori chicken like, yeah jidori chicken fi- thighs like there was lemongrass <laughs> zucchini and scallion like I was like licking whatever was still on the plate. Oh like, wow! But it, but, it wasn't, but like, <laughs> no. if I had to go and explain that flavor to uh-huh. someone, it, I, I'm not. I'm not worried about even like the most uh, basic of palates being turned off by it. Like it was such an easy dish to to feel and understand. And so, I just think it's hard. There's there's a current challenge of explaining what Filipino food is because it is so nuanced. Yeah. Because like the convers- it took us this like hour long conversation to really dig into the nooks and crannies of it, and again, most cultures have those nuances within it, right? Yeah. Like Mexican food is more than just rice and beans. Yeah. Um, so it's gonna take a little bit more time at this level of discussion for the our non foodie friends yeah. to really get get after it and try it. And I hope for a year from now. You know, we're talking about chicken in a cell, adobo, and all that. A year from now, I want laing to be something of the norm mm. and adobong pusit to be the norm because so those are two of my favorite dishes in Filipino cuisine. So um, hopefully we'll get there. I do hope Jollibee super takes off here. Yo. <laughs> one, because I'm like tired of driving five miles. I'd rather drive one mile to get my Jollibee. Like I wish there was a drive through right next to my house and just get it. But like the fried chicken is fire. Yes. Right? Uh, the spaghetti, like all the jokes my Filipino friends were like, yo, you got to try the spaghetti with like Vienna sausages. It's sweet. Like you try it there. It's fire. It's so good. And I'm sure there are better versions of whatever Jollibee is serving. And I think it does a, it does a service, I feel, to just be on every corner. People are going to be like, Jollibee? That's a curious name. I'm going to look that up. It's a great service because that, that whatever they serve is also mad fusion itself mm. of other stuff. I mean, they got burgers and fries on the menu. They're a knock of like McDonald's yeah. in a lot of ways. But the more people are talking about it, the more people see it and are aware like our non-foodie <laughs> friends will maybe not be scared to try it. Because I think there's this fear of like, oh, what are those flavors though? Right, right. Don't be scared. Don't well, because Jollibee, Jollibee has like standalone locations, but then a lot of them are like located within like a seafood city. So then you go into a sea, <laughs> then you have to walk into but a seafood good. city. Go into a seafood exactly. city. There's some tasty food in there. Oh my God. I, I, I like went into Jollibee. So I was like, ah, I'm craving a little Filipino food. But then I like go to the hot bar within seafood exactly. city. Exactly. And you get like the get real some shit. Yeah. Oh, every <laughs> dude. Seafood City is hype. Yeah, seafood City is super hype. It's you, so you, good. You need to go in there. It's go a to supermarket. The, it's a supermarket yeah, for everyone. Go to the seafood or meat market section, and you need to meet the the old uh, uncle there that calls out numbers. Like, 
Number 52. 52. Number 53. Going on, Spice. You know, that guy's dope. He's iconic. Yeah. He's at every seafood city. I mean, you like people love like the Whole Foods hot bar. Like the Seafood City hot bar. Yeah, shit is lit. It is lit. Grab some mango candies on your way out. A bag of like ube rolled pandasol. Make some French toast. Dang. I got all sorts of Seafood City (laughs) ideas. I should start a Seafood City blog. Let's go to Seafood City after this. Yo, I'm down. Let's call. All right, we're done now. with this podcast. Round it up. <laughs> Time for the the shitty outro. <laughs> this is the, the super shitty outro. Yo, nasty. You want to shout anything out? What's up? Other, shout out your Instagram. Do whatever you want. You can follow me at Let Me Eat Cake for mm. all your dessert needs. And there's tons of ube and Filipino desserts on there. When I find them, I share them. Mm. So follow along if you got a sweet tooth. Yeah, let's get a petition going. Bring Manila Machine back. <laughs> 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 oh, hashtag bring it back. Anyways. Go. Uh, well, thank you for coming by. Thank you for having me. Reach, I appreciate you feeling some type of way about Filipino food. I appreciate you, uh, I don't know. Like, oh, fuck you, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the outro. <laughs> Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>